And what is up, everyone? I am Joe DeHoyos. I'm the host of Beyond the Woodline. Uh, real quick, before we get into it, just want to remind you guys, if you guys have any strange encounters, any creepy tales that you've experienced, whether it be with, you know, any cryptids, paranormal, UFO, alien stuff, or if you just had any kind of strange uh, phenomenon happen, you can't really, uh, you know, put your finger on it, man. Hit me up, man. My email is beyond dot woodline at gmail.com and uh i promise you i won't think you're too crazy i mean i go out looking for bigfoot so there you go right but uh yeah with all that being said man tonight i have with me a very special guest uh stella wolf how you doing stella i'm wonderful thank you for having me it's such a blessing and an honor to be here so thank you i appreciate you oh yeah man I've been, it's been really cool talking to you and getting to know you a little bit and uh you know, we've had a pretty good little back and forth, so I really like that. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. So, oh, um, me too. Yeah, man, it was really cool. Um, you know, we we talked about a lot of different things and we touched on <laughs> a lot of different stuff. I, I can't even really remember everything, but it was really cool. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we touched on, you know, we talked about, you know, my dad passing and stuff like that, yeah. and that was really cool that uh, you, you really uh, hit a lot of uh, points with him, you know, and uh. Thank you. With our relationships, so that was I was really uh, surprised that that you were able to do that. And uh, uh, you know, like I said, I just want you to know that you know you were pretty yeah. damn accurate on a lot of that stuff. So. Thank you. I you know it's um it's a humbled honor to be able to sit where I sit with the abilities and the gifts that you know I believe that each and every one of us have, and I believe that it's through the practice of our awareness, our presence our awareness of self, our awareness of the energies around us that allows us to step into that um, truth, into that light. And for whatever reason, I've had that ability since I was a little kid. Um, never understood it. It made me very angry because I didn't understand what was going on with me. Nobody else could explain it. But as I got older and going through the things that I went through in trials and tribulations and working with people than working with spirits it made sense of what a piece of my purpose was to do here in this world in this space so being able to deliver messages that are very in-depth um from loved ones whether it's specific details or dates or scenarios that happened are a very key importance to a piece of who I am, because not only is that a piece of my integrity of how I work, but if I don't get the clear message that I see it, feel it, and hear it from my team, I will not display it or say it. And that's just a piece of my loyalty to myself, my integrity to myself, of my divine sovereign being, as well as the relationship I built with my team um, over 22 years in that space. So it's a blessing and an honor to be able to do those things to heal not only vessels here on this side, but also spirit on the other side. So thank you for allowing me in your space and that time. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, like I said, I, it was pretty damn accurate, and it was, you know, so it kind of blew me away that uh, you were you. as accurate as you were. But, you. Uh, you know, when you talk about your abilities, when did you, like, when did the light bulb go off for you? Like, okay, I've got something here. Oh, boy. Um, I don't think that it really kicked on for me that I've got something here until I was probably about the age of 25. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't understand why I could go to when I, my experiences started at a very young age with seeing spirits. I could see them before I could hear them or understand what was going on. The very, very first encounter I had is when I was four years old. It was not a pleasant encounter. Um, when I was seven years old, I had a very pleasant encounter at that time and space um, with my great grandmother who had since passed that I never got to meet. And so my grandparents who raised me as well as my mother didn't have a clue what this was or what this meant. They just kind of brushed it off. Um, they couldn't explain it. So I went through life very confused as to why I could see things and hear things and smell things and sense things that other people couldn't. So I learned to keep my mouth shut, unfortunately. 
Um, and I think that happens for a lot of us because then a lot of us are told in our families that what we're seeing, what we're hearing, what we're feeling, what we're sensing as children is not right. And we're to be seen and not heard and not speak, you know, those things that are going on. And for us to go through those trauma spaces, it's really hard then to believe and trust in your abilities and your gifts that you do have because we're taught that our first thought and our first senses are wrong. When in fact that they are real and they are true, because those are the abilities that we have as children, because that light is not snuffed out. One of my major favorite sayings is, you know, you were born perfect and you were never meant to be torn. But through the experiences and the families that we grow up in, those things happen. But for me personally, I started, you know, going, <laughs> I started doing things I shouldn't have been doing. I was going graveyard hunting and I was going to graveyards to find spirits and interact with spirits. And at 14, I could tell you whether it was a good entity or negative entity or if it was male, female, where it stood in the family lineage. Because when I started, that's how my spirit guide trained me. And those are the boundaries that I started to come up with. I learned that being who I was, I had to have boundaries with spirits, not only people. Like I had better boundaries with spirits than I did with people um, by the age of 17, which was a problem. You know what I mean? But that's mm -hmm. what I knew. You know, that was familiar to me. So I could tell you, um, you know, and I could claim an area and claim a space and not be messed with by spirits and energies before I could any human being. Um, so in that way, those things, I went to graveyards, I picked up energies that were not good, that were not okay, because I didn't know what I was doing. And I ran on ego, you know, at that point in time in my life, I thought, you know, okay, cool, I can call to dead people. <laughs> Sweet, you know, and I can see things that other people can't. And, and I ran on ego, and I came into people that were supposed to help me. And those people at 17 that were supposed to help me really messed things up for me. Mm -hmm. And they messed things up for me because they made the situation worse rather than better. Now, unbeknownst to them, they know not what they do. And they were helping in the way that they thought was best to help. But it actually made things worse in my space. And so when that came about that it made things worse in my space, my spirit guide stepped up even more and was like, yo, this is me. This is who I am. Let's connect now. I've got you. You're going to start and work with me and only me. And that was the energy. So I started to learn how to command my space and command my energy within my chi at a very young age to be able to command these energies and spirits to do as I asked. And we all have this ability within us because with each and every one of us, we all have God frequency. We are of the birther of light. It is in each and every one of us. It's a matter of working through your shadow work and obtaining that chi and learning how to house it and energize it to your purpose and your divinity. And so when you start to learn those spaces, these abilities start to come out very, very fine in tune. So I started working with him and I started working with him with the elements rather than any denomination, because at that point in time, the team that had come in to try to help me practice a certain denomination. And so I had grown up in a church. That denomination had totally failed me because by the time I was 11, I was no longer in a church. I fought tooth and nail. I'm not going. You can't tell me what to do. Okay. Cause I knew better. All right. My soul, my little soul just knew better. So my poor mother had a real big fight on her hands dealing with a child that marched to the beat of her own drum. You know, I did what I want when I wanted to do it, but I didn't hurt anyone. You know what I mean? That was it, it was the key to my faith and my belief that what I was doing was not hurting anyone. It was something that I was being taught to do, to learn how to do. So he came in and he taught me the ropes and we worked with the elements and I learned how to call these energies in and how to work with water and how to work with fire and scry with fire and how to start and stop fire and how to do these different elemental things. Now, I'm not one that plays with telekinesis in the space of moving objects, but I play with the elements in that space. I play with moving water faster. I play with ripple effects with water. I play with the candle flame where, you know, you can put it out and turn it back on. I can make that candle flame dance. So there's different pieces and parts of our elements and our makeup that we house within us. And me being an earth element, I can play with fire and air and water and other people that have these elements inside of them. They can play with those things. It's just a matter of harnessing the chi to be able to bring it up forward, to be able to learn how to connect that mind, body, soul, and spirit to put it out into the world. 
And so each and every person that I come in contact with now are starting to do those things. And that's what a part and piece of this whole beautiful spiritual awakening is about, is every one of you guys learning how to harness these things and do these things because it's within you. It's a piece of you. It's a part of you. It's a part of your divinity and your sovereign being. But unfortunately, you were torn apart. Just like me. Just just like me, just in a different way. We all have the same cuts. And so, you know, in that space, we started working. We started working hard. And so after I started working on my mediumship abilities, then he worked with me on the elemental abilities. And so I found a shop that was down in my neighborhood. And I started going there every day since I was 17. That shop is still here, still resides here. I speak to the owner. We are best of buds. And, you know, it has been my go-to um, in many times and spaces. So, you know, that's where I go and get my crystals and they are raw and you know I like raw materials it's just a makeup of who I am so my 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 essence and my being and my my spiritual practice started a very long time but see my human shadow work and wake up okay came later in life and so a lot of people went through a lot of their shadow work and their stuff like that you know like it was like a lot of people went through their human spiritual healing and then they have their spiritual experiences come in you know a little bit after so you have this merger right where you start working on all your shadow work right and then you work on all your shadow work and then all these spiritual abilities start happening and rising right because you're clearing out those things that no longer serve you that are just pieces of your character defects see those things don't make you up it's just that's your perception and what people have tried to teach you that you are it's not who you truly are. Those are just things that have been perpetuated on you by society, by genocide, by the government, by people around you that have tried to stop you from standing in your true essence and your true purpose. See, we all have past lives with everybody that we come in contact with. And if you don't believe that their soul doesn't know who you are or what you're here to do or what a part of your plan is, you're crazy. <laughs> Because I have had so many people in my lifetime between family, between friends, between whatever, try to knock me off my square and stop me from doing what I know is a piece of my sole purpose that I'm here to do, just like you. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of talked about that, too. Um, you know, so like I found you on TikTok and anyone who hasn't seen her on TikTok, we need to go find her. What's your, uh, you. your name on TikTok? So my handle on TikTok is daughter underscore under and then of underscore Gaia. So it's daughter underscore of underscore Gaia. My website is fourcornershealing37.com. You can reach me there as well. Um, so that is where I am. Right. Yeah. And your website is in my description. So oh, thank you. To find her, it, it, it's in the description of the show. But you. so, you know, I do follow quite a few people on TikTok, you know, whether it be, you know, in the paranormal world, Bigfoot mm -hmm. world. UFO aliens and of course now the you know the tarot and the, oh, spirit, yeah. the spiritual world that's how I found you. Thank you. And one of the things that I liked about you right off the bat was just how genuine you really are, you know, and how you talk and Thank you. you know, uh, yeah, I, I think that's one of the qualities that's 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 missing is is that genuine quality, you know. Yeah. And and, and I, that's not to say anything bad about anybody else because I think there are a lot of good uh, tarot readers out there. But coming across genuine and being genuine, they're two different things. And mm -hmm. and you do both of them really, really uh, well. So, oh, wow. You know, thanks for that. Thank yeah. you. Like, I really appreciate yeah. that. Um, You know, my my trials and my tribulations in life have taught me many things. But I think one of the most important things that it has taught me is that me, myself, has to give me, myself, the unconditional love that I want. Nobody else in this world is going to love me unconditionally the way I need to be loved but me. And a lot of us have a hard time understanding what that is and what that looks like and what that means. And because of my trials and tribulations, I learned to love myself unconditionally, which allowed me to love others authentically and unconditionally. See, a lot of us use these words and these labels that just get thrown around, man. And that's why, like, I believe our language at one point in time did used to mean something. But over time, those words got lost in translation and those meanings got lost in translation. So the language doesn't match up with how things really truly are any longer. And one of the things that was important to me was to be 100 percent authentic 
and in a space of authenticity and unconditional love and unconditional truth. Because that is exactly what the Ascended Masters came here to teach and to be, was authentic, unconditional love and authentic, unconditional truth. And if I can accept myself for all of those things, because I had to realize I played a part in every choice that I made in this lifetime, right, wrong, or indifferent, it didn't matter. Didn't matter if I perceived it as good. Didn't matter if I perceived it as bad. It just was so that I could gain the wisdom and the experiences that I needed to stand in the sovereign divine being that I am to be. So see, people take those trials and tribulations and instead of wearing them as a beautiful badge of honor and understanding that that's what allowed them to come to their awareness of who they are, what they came here to do, they wear it as a shame. They wear it as a guilt. And that is not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to teach you the warrior that you are. It's supposed to be a lesson and a blessing all at the same time. But the words and the perceptions have confused people for so long. We are defragmenting and reprogramming and doing all of that with the human existence mixed in with the spiritual experience. You know, your soul has a vessel. Your vessel doesn't have a soul. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, too. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Um, so why tarot? Why do you do the tarot? What does that mean to you? <clears throat> Here's the deal. I personally didn't start playing with tarot. I personally started learning how to read cartomancy. Cartomancy is actually the art of divination with a normal deck of playing cards. So when I first started at 17, I was embarrassed to go into a shop and buy a deck of cards. All right. I didn't know. I didn't know how my mother was going to take it. I'm already drawing sigils and symbols all over this poor lady's house. Okay. And, and, re you know, I've already refused to go to church and I, she, and I already tell her that I see spirits and dead people. And she's just like, okay, Stel, whatever, you know, God love her. And my mother was a big teacher in unconditional authentic love because regardless of what I said to that poor lady or what I did in that space to that poor lady's home while growing up, she was like, I love you still, you know, do you. Okay. You know, there were times that she even asked me, she was like, you sure you're not working for the wrong team? And I'm like, no mom, I promise I'm not. That's one of the reasons why these things keep happening is because I'm actually doing the good, you know? Um, but I was worried, you know, because I didn't know what doors I was opening because mind you, I had already opened doors playing with a Ouija board back when I was about 16 years old. So I had already opened multiples of doors that I had never shut. You know what I mean? So these things followed me and I and left these energies kind of trailing. I kind of I kind of marked myself because I put myself into precarious situations that I shouldn't have. I went to graveyards that I shouldn't have been going to without knowing protection. OK, and not knowing how to, you know, make sure that those energies are not coming home with me. So I put I was I was I was doing ghost hunting in old abandoned schoolyards. You know, like there were things that I just shouldn't have been doing because I didn't know any better but that's what gave me the experience and that's what a piece of that beauty is it's like listen you don't know what you don't know but once you know better as my best friend says once you know better you do better right so you know that's where I started to learn oops maybe I shouldn't have done those things so tarot for me comes from a space where I started to actually working with cartomancy. So cartomancy is the art of divination with playing cards. And they do mean something different than the Rider Waite tarot. For me personally, why I got into Rider Waite tarot is because I wanted to know where it really stemmed from. I like to get down to the nitty gritty of things. I like to get to the details of things. I am like that person that loves to put riddles and metaphors together. So I wanted to understand where real tarot came from first in order to be able to even understand it myself. So I went all the way back and I started actually taking classes to gain certificate so I could teach tarot.
And so what I do is I take people through the history of tarot first. I teach them that it came from the Golden Dawn group, you know, and then that's from the Mercellis tarot. And then that came out to the Rider Waite tarot and the Thoth. And that actually went through Italy and France and all that before it even came over to the Americas. Okay. In that space, because, you know, we had people that were still using divination tools with seashells and arrowheads and globes and fire and stuff before even this reached over here in America. And so it it has a lot of Catholicism, de, you know, depiction in it. And so I try to teach people that, listen, you know, the Bible may say this and the Bible may say that, but we all know, I think if we're here in this space, we're smart enough to know, you know, a little bit about what was made up in that space and pieces and parts of being taken out and things have been changed and messed with. Right. And so I believe it was a scare tactic to steer people away of knowing their connection that they did have in dividing for themselves of which way to go. And so I believe it was a scare tactic that was used. But long story short, I wanted people to know where the real essence and the real energy came from with tarot. Personally, I got into tarot, no lie, because it was something that I could teach and I could do it differently. And I could do it differently than other people could do it. And I could do it differently because not only did I have the energy and the essence behind the understanding of the history and the, and the real meanings behind it, but I had the intuitive ability and the door channel open to be able to really dive into what that card meant specifically for that person in that context. So that's really what made me get into tarot. But then once I started doing that space, it was like spirit kept bumping me over and they're like, nope, mediumship. Nope, mediumship. Like, nope, you don't even need that. I don't. I like to use it as a depiction for people to be able to see. Because when you give the people the opportunity to see something, okay, what that does is that stimulates their visual ability to resonate with those messages, with the picture, the symbolism, the color. And that's what you're trying to do is you're trying to get people to open up their intuitive abilities for themselves and see where those things that you are, you know, giving completion to their messages because they have a piece of it, but they don't have all of it. So I really wanted to help people in that way, but they kept pushing me towards mediumship, mediumship. So I started really doing a lot of mediumship out in the woods. And that's where a lot of people found me. They would always find me in the woods, a lot of different channeling. There was usually 400, 500 people in my room and I would start to channel. And then they took me back to tarot because they're like, nope, that's not where the collective is. The collective needs this healing. The collective needs you to work with them with their shadow work on what's going on, what they're feeling, what they're sensing so that they can start to believe in themselves again. Because we have powerhouses out here that don't even know that they're master manifestors, that don't even know that they can do what they're doing. And they're out here just spewing these words and this energy. And if we could help them retrain that, do you know how much more of a lighthouse this place would be just because we helped one other person, you know, turn on that light bulb? And so that's the beauty of that is being able to teach something that uh, people will resonate with that understand that actually believe in themselves, that they know what they're seeing and what they're sensing and what they're feeling. A piece of my purpose is to help people turn that light back on again that's been snuffed out where they don't believe in themselves. Because if I can help people believe in themselves and believe in what they're hearing and seeing and feeling that it is truth just by confirmation that I bring, not by leading them on, because I do not lead on in any space whatsoever, but by giving them a confirmation just because I see it, feel it, or hear it, then you know what? I've done my job for that day. Because that vessel and that soul now has a piece of healing that they didn't once have before to believe in themselves a little bit more so they can go and turn their light on more. Right. Yeah. 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 That's a very good uh, uh, point that you brought up, you know, because we kind of talked about that, too, how there are people walking around, like you said, they're powerhouses. Yeah. And they don't know it. And we talked about that a little bit, too, yeah. that even... Uh, anything negative can be put on you yeah. and you can really, really feel that. And that's something that, that I told you too, that I didn't yeah. ever believe in that stuff, uh, uh, you know, almost okay. four years ago now. Yes, sir. And uh, I'm a, I've made a complete, you know, change in my lifestyle really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like that. And so yesterday I asked you a question yeah. and I texted you about us yes, being able yes. to communicate or hear other people like in different universes oh, and yeah. believe in that kind of stuff. Yes, sir. And, um, so the reason the reason why I asked you that because I do have a friend of mine, he actually 
died twice in his life at two different times. Mm -hmm. He crossed over and he came, came back, back, right? Yep. So like now, uh, and this is like his early, I think the first time was like 18 and the second time was like 22. Mm -hmm. yeah, he has a heart condition. Yeah. But uh, um, he now hears voices, right? Mm -hmm. And he tells me that they're from like a different dimension mm -hmm. or a different universe, you mm -hmm. know? And uh, that I had never, I've heard of that. Like, you know, you hear you know, you're on YouTube or whatever, you're right. listening, but never like had someone tell me to my face, you know, like, hey, I hear voices and they're from a different universe, mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, what do you think about that? <clears throat> well, you know, if we can, if we can have all these higher dimensional cosmic beings, okay, come in and be channeled through different vessels, then that automatically means that we can hear and sense extraterrestrials so extra means anything outside of our universal plane you know here in this space so it's extraterrestrial is you know outside of our territory so if we can channel these cosmic beings then of course they're from a different universe or a different dimension you know as we call it um in that space so, of course, I've I believe that there are many times that that has occurred and happened to me. There is a different energetic resonance between the cosmic beings that do come and visit and I channel versus the archangels or versus source in that space. Right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, you, yeah. So, just so you know. The whole chat room, it must be your fan club because everybody in there loves you. Oh, thank Just you, so guys. You know. Oh, thank you, guys. I love you, too. Um, yeah, I think it's your personal, your own personal fan club. <laughs> in here, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah I, I've always found that interesting, you know. Um, and like I said, it's the fact that someone told me to my face. He's <laughs> like, um, hey, uh, you know, they're telling me, hey, look, we have this going on over here in our universe. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I, and which I totally believe the guy, you know, I, you know, and that's why he was comfortable with telling me because he knew that I believe him. Uh, he, yeah, that I would believe him, and I wouldn't think he was crazy. You mm -hmm. know. Yeah, but, uh, I believe him hands down. I, I mean, think about it this way too, and and here's a little bit of a perception change, right? So we have guides, you know, that come and help us, right? And I heard you tell me the story when we were talking on the phone that you said, you know, you had a dark guide come to you and he was kind of like in a hood, you know, but you felt peace, right? But you didn't know who it was and you felt this hand that came over you, right? Okay. Right, yeah. So in that space, think about it this way. They are not of this dimension. Right. right. So therefore, right. if they're not in our dimension, they are outside of our dimension. Now, does that ult ultimately mean that they're from a different universe? No. But theoretically speaking, yes. At the same time, I know that sounds really confusing, but you have to be open enough to, to understand that. And I know that's going to go over some people's heads. But what I mean by that in that metaphoric state is that if you have something that you know is there energy wise and you can telepathically hear it and you can sense its energy and feel it, but it is not something you physically, tangibly can touch, taste, feel, you know, with the human space, okay, the senses that we have here in this plane, then of course it's going to be something of another dimension or even something of another universe. You know, our dimension, like it's always been shown to me and told to me that, you know, our realm versus what we interpret as spirit realm is about three feet off the ground. And that's just the energetic frequency in which they reside at. That's why, like, when a lot of people start to wake up, they have the ear ringing and then they have the dull tones and then they have this and the other. Because what's happening is the energetic resonance from the cosmic spaces, okay, that's coming in, as well as light language, because we have a lot of people here in this plane that deal with light language, that see light language, that feel light language, they can interpret light language. So you have this cosmic energetic resonance that's coming down from that space, along with all the solar flares that we have and all these energies that are up right and so you've got all this going on why is it that we cannot connect to interdimensional beings with all of that energy hitting the planet so we've got all this energy that's hitting the planet all these people are waking up and then we've got people that are sitting here pulling these things to the ground so we've got ground workers that i call them people that work with the ley lines and that kind of thing where we're 
pulling these energies in together. And extraterrestrial is any of these things outside of our physical, you know, vessel that we can necessarily communicate with. It's the art of telepathy that you're practicing. You know, and so these angelic energies are coming in and you can feel the cosmic spaces, but you can feel the energy from the angelic spaces and you start to hear these different tones and shifts and your equilibrium starts to go crazy and your eyes start to get filmy. You know what I mean? And you, and all these start to different things happen with your lymphatic system and your ear tones. Well, what's happening is these energies are coming in from the cosmos or alternate universes. Okay. Other than ours that are here in assisting our planet with the vibration to rise. And so now you're trying to channel these energies in, okay, because you're this little light beacon being, and you're feeling this frequency coming in, and you're picking up the collective message, all right? And that tone's coming in, and your body then has the DNA awareness with inside of its energetic coding to be able to feel then and sense what that message means on an internal level because you have woken up enough. But the tones of the different energies is what you're starting to balance and practice. So it's like you have your tones from your guides, that are usually kind of dull and hang out in one ear. And it sounds like a lower vibration. And then you've got the higher angelic cosmic space that comes in that's really of a higher tone. And so is the angelic space as well. And so it's like when you're sitting here in this plateau and you're starting to wake up, they'll come and they'll play with the balancing of the ear tones. And so it's like what they're doing is trying to raise your vibration all right, to their level while they're trying to bring their vibration down enough for you to be able to channel in a telepathic frequency. Now, I personally believe for my own space, this can be different for other people, but the general frequency in which people channel is 444 hertz. So in that space, when I'm in my, when I'm in my zone and I'm channeling frequencies, okay, and I'm channeling spirits from other realms, okay, to do the work that I do in a shamanic space, because that's what shamans do. Shamans go into a trance-like state, okay, to connect with other spirits in other realms to help heal the soul and the cracks in the soul that's here whatever energetic healing that needs to be, whether it be of some type of disease in the body or whether it be some type of mental, you know, construct that needs to be broken down to help that vessel rise. So these energies then are sitting here and you've got to learn the balance of the tone. So they're helping you balance these frequencies all the time. So then that's why you've got all this different ear ringing that's going on, high vibrational, low vibrational, you know, and people then start to freak out because they don't know what all these tones mean. And then at the same time, they're like, well, I don't really feel anything. I don't really hear anything. And I'm like, yeah, you got to let the message kind of settle in. Wait till tomorrow morning and you'll have some type of message that makes some connection with that. And then just wait, you'll get another piece of the connection later because that's how they talk. They move in puzzle pieces. It's like little riddles and songs and that kind of way is the way that yours move you to see what's going on. It's like the little building blocks and they leave little breadcrumbs all over the place. And that's just how they talk to you. But they've got to get your equilibrium and your frequency risen enough to be able to accept the frequency of the message that's coming in. And depending on where that message is coming in from is the vibrational frequency and tone that you start to hear in your ears. Right. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I never thought about the, the tone or the ringing, you know, mm -hmm. I, I've, I've, I've heard them, but I've never, I just thought it was me. <laughs> no, sir. But I need to get it here. I think it, but you know, it, it's it all started shortly after I started doing my meditation mm -hmm. and uh, started getting a little bit better at it. And you know, she mentioned the hand on my on my shoulder. That was like uh, last Thursday, I guess, maybe okay. or Wednesday. Wow. Yeah, when I was uh, I was doing my meditation and I felt like that hand on my shoulder, but it was a huge. Mm -hmm. hand the finger went like all the way right here and his palms were like in the back so whatever whoever was had a huge hand so that's what she was talking about for you guys who mm -hmm. are wondering about the hand um yeah you know you talked about uh, uh like our past loved ones you know yeah. kind of guiding us and helping us mm -hmm. do you think we're all capable of connecting with our past loved ones yes yeah yes and, and so why do you think some have more experiences 
and some like don't have any. Are they not open to that or so they just don't need it? I no, 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 you're you're cute. I appreciate the way you asked that. So here's here's what I do understand. I know we all have the capability of doing those things. And for a lot of mediums and for a lot of psychics, that's where their abilities start to open up. I do believe that, to be honest with you, it is a something that a lot of quote unquote, as we call ourselves, and I hate to put labels on anybody, but the black sheep of the family can do. Okay. Right. Like we have a different energetic resonance that we just have. I don't know why I can't explain it. I just know that we have it. All right. That's not a part of what I'm, what I know that I'm supposed to do. I just know that it's there. And so <laughs> it's all, what it usually happens is like, once you become aware that your loved ones are starting to do things. And that's one of the pieces that I love to teach is like when people come to me with past loved ones readings, I love talking about things that their ancestors are doing or moving or whatever to make those connections with them or leaving. Like I had this one beautiful energy where this woman had um, lost her husband and he was moving. He showed me, you know, those tiers that are in a living room that had the different levels on them, like a three stand tier that comes to a pyramid almost. She had one of those in her living room and he showed me a picture that was on that top tier. And there was a little dog, a dog figure that was sitting there and he was moving the dog figure. And she's like, hold on a second, let me go check and see. And I'm like, I'm serious. He's telling me, he's showing me that he's moving this dog. And she goes, Oh my God, it's turned around backwards. I never touched that. It just sits there. And I'm like, these are little things that they do to communicate with you, to allow you to know that they're in your space. So once you become aware that they're there is when that channel starts to open up exactly like your guides. When you start to become aware of your guides and that you're not alone, that channel starts to open up for you. So it is a level of awareness and it's also about, it's also about what you fear. Because if you fear something, you're not going to understand it. So you're going to push it away and not want anything to do with it. But if you don't fear it, and you welcome it because, see, I have a lot of people that come to me and they're like, okay, listen, Stel, like, I think I'm going crazy, but I keep hearing this and I keep feeling this. And I'm like, yeah, that's a grandma from this side or whatnot, you know, and mm -hmm. this is this detail or whatnot about her. And they're, they, they're like, oh, okay. Once they start to learn and know that not every energy is a bad energy, there's a lot of misunderstandings. And so because of shows, because of television, because of wrong teachings and it's just a thing that happens because they know not what they do in that space a lot of people see shadow figures when they go paranormal investigating and stuff like that and not all the time is a shadow figure in somebody's home something that is bad or evil or negative a lot of people's ancestors show up as a dark figure out of the corner of your eye and what it is is it's the way that the light refracts from your eye space here with the lens versus the side it's almost like you know how polaroid cameras can pick up those frequencies and those energies of the orbs and spirit and stuff like that whereas like that's like what the side of our eye has it doesn't have the same lens so we see things differently i believe that people can't always tap into this space because they don't want to because they're afraid of it because they right. don't understand it i believe that it starts with your family i believe that it starts with learning those little things that your family is doing and knowing that they can hear you it's a part of that trust and that belief in yourself that that's what's going on. And it's, it's not a fake it till you make it. It's really you're feeling it in your gut. That was your very first gift that you were given was that feeling, that fight or flight system. That's what right. told you what was right. That's what told you that was wrong, good, bad. It gave you the chills. It gave you the willies, you know, um, in that space. And so that was your first feeling. So a lot of the times people disregard that feeling because they can't trust themselves and then they don't know what it is they're feeling. So if you're not aware of your emotions and what you're feeling in your body, you can't become aware of what spirit is communicating to you at all. And that right, comes yeah. with shadow work. Okay. And if you, you know, in that space. Talk a little bit about shadow work. What exactly is it? Because you brought it up a few times already. So what is shadow work? And why, do, why do we need to do it? <laughs> so my, my, my partner in crime does this best. And, and, you know, personally, I am <laughs> – people don't like me when it comes to shadow work. Here's why. I'm a tough love kind of gal, all right? I, mm -hmm. That's because that was the way that I had to persevere through the trials and tribulations and not that mine were any greater 
or any less than by any means whatsoever. But just because of the trials and tribulations of my own personal journey, I was taught in a space, especially being raised by a native spirit guide, because I'm part native, you know, in that space. My father was adopted um, before the Native American Treaty Act came about. And so that was a piece of my lineage that I had to put together. But so one of my guides is native and they don't put up with anything. He is the hardest guide. He is he is my savior by all means, because he is when I couldn't trust myself, that's who I could trust. You know, that's what I could trust. And trusting in that was enough to me to start believing and trusting in myself that I was receiving the message properly and appropriately. Um, but shadow work is a space where you have to become very aware of what you're doing, why you're doing it and why you behave and act that way. That is what teaches you the level of body awareness. So I will give you my experience, strength, and hope in this to the best of my ability. So when I started to go through my shadow work at the age of 25 before, you know, my wake up call in that space at that point in time. Now, for those of you that don't know, which a lot of you probably do know in this space, I'm 39, but that was when I was 25. All right. So I started to come to an awareness that my behavior and the way that I was speaking and the way that I was acting was hurting others and it was leaving a ripple effect. Regardless of right, wrong or indifferent, I had some type of awareness that started to come over me that showed me that once I threw that pebble into that pond, the ripple effect that took place and the energetic resonance left behind of my character defects that I was, you know, not removing. And people will talk about those as generational curses. So in that space, I had to remove abandonment issues. I had to remove self-love issues because I didn't know what that was or understand what that was. I had to remove trust issues. I had to remove a lack mindset because I grew up in a home of lack because my mother raised me and my brother financially, like, but my grandparents were my parents to me because they were always with me. So my mom was always off working. So she didn't have time to raise me. So my grandparents did. So I had a lot of abandonment issues, especially when my grandfather passed when I was 11, because that was my father to me. And that man just raised me. That man taught me everything I know. So by the grace of God, he had instilled integrity, morals and values by the time I was 11 years old. Now, it doesn't mean that I didn't have my own free will and character and I didn't start to go on my own journey and get smacked over the head by karma and lessons. But I didn't come to that awareness to us 25 for whatever reason. And I started to look at myself and the choices that I had made. And I was like, damn, mind you, by 25, I had already become a mother. So I at 19, I became a mother. I have four babies. OK, two of them are grown and out of my home by the grace of God. You know, I did my job and they're beautiful, upstanding children. And yes, they have gifts and yes, they have abilities. And I've got two other little ones. And, um, you know, in that space, I had to go through a lot of understanding why I acted and behaved the way I did, because I knew that if I could understand why I did what I did, that would give me a better understanding to myself. I didn't care about anybody else. Now, I was still running on ego at that point in time because I didn't care about anybody else. I just wanted to know about me. I wanted to know about why I worked the way I did. I wanted to know how, whatever. You know, I didn't care about anybody else at that point in time. And so I had to understand why I did these things so that I could no longer do those things that hurt other people and left, left a ripple effect, whether it was my tone of voice, whether it was the way I handled a situation. You know, we only get to learn these things through our experiences. Remember, that's the lesson. That's the blessing. You know, and so I had to be hit over the head quite a few times in many different ways to be able to come to this awareness. And I still didn't learn, still didn't learn. I went through 25 and I started to do all this shadow work and I started to realize that I was part of the problem, you know, in society. I was my own problem. I didn't realize why I had financial issues. I didn't realize why, you know, I had trust issues. I didn't realize why I had failed relationships. I didn't realize why I didn't love myself. I had no idea, but then I started to learn because I realized, oh, wait, that's a me problem. That's my fault. 
you know? So then I started to have feelings. Well, that became a really big problem for me because I never was in a space where I did feelings. You know what I mean? And so I was like, I ran on adrenaline. And so I was go all the time. There was no stop. There was no pause. So when quote unquote in that space, the birther of light, God smacked me over the head. And I literally sat here and busted up my body for the third time because I was a licensed massage therapist for 10 years. I was a rough and tumble person. I've had two shoulder surgeries, one knee surgery, and it all came from work and working in athletics and, and working with massage therapy and all this kind of stuff. And so I beat my body up for a long time. But I had to sit here and they made me sit down again. I didn't listen. They always, I always wanted to go do physical labor and they're like, boom, no stale. You belong in the spiritual community. Get with it. No stale. You, you know, but I, I didn't learn. So I caused more harm to myself and to others than good by the choices and the actions that I made, not listening. So in that space, I had to realize that I was part of the problem. So I started to realize that my actions and behaviors had effects upon others and those effects that it had on others. I didn't like the way it made me feel when I realized what I was doing or how I was speaking. And so I have a presence about myself that intimidates the crap out of people. And that's because I'm just a tough love kind of person. Like I have the biggest heart in the world, but I also have my own sovereignty and divinity. And that's just because of the trials and tribulations that I went through you know, to get where I'm at today. And we all have those stories. I just wear my cuts a little bit differently because I'm coming from a place where I want to teach people the right way to go about doing things, the wrong way to go about doing things. And when you're a leader, you can't always have feelings. You have to come very matter of factly in a space from spirit because spirit is matter of fact. You can't always put your feelings into it. So I had to deal with all these feelings and all these emotions. But then I had to start to learn how to compartmentalize these feelings and emotions healthily so that I wouldn't sit in them and live in them and continue the cycle of what I call reverse ego, which is shame and guilt. Shadow work is really psychology mixed with cognitive behavioral therapy with a little bit of a spiritual twist on it. You know, if you really want to know the truth. And so with a lot of my clients and a lot of my mentees, that's what I'm doing is I'm using you know, I was three months away from finishing my bachelor's in psychology, but that was a place that I decided was not for me because of the critics and the pharmaceuticals. And I walked outside of that spectrum, but I just wanted the knowledge and the understanding of the brain and how it worked. So I got my understanding and I got my knowledge of, of observance because I was taught to observe people's behaviors and so on and so forth to learn why they do what they do. So in that space, I have that awareness from psychology, but also my LSW where I was able to work with a co-counselor in addiction counseling. So I got to work people with cognitive behavioral therapy, which led them to certain spiritual experiences because they started to work on their character defects and their shadow work. So when I saw how that started to work for people in that setting, I started to move it into the spiritual community because I had the spiritual part, but the shadow work for me didn't come till later in life. So I had all these gifts and I had all these abilities, but my real true essence and my shadow work didn't start till later on for me personally. So that is what you're undoing. You're undoing all these perceptions and all these character defects that you grow up with because of the mindsets that you're put in, because of what you're told you can and cannot do because of the rigidity and society and this, that, and the other, you know? Right. So yeah, it's removing yeah. those things that you think are you, but are not truly you. You just think they're you. Right. And once you start to learn that these were just experiences that you had to go through and what your part in it, because you have to learn that no matter what, you have a part in every role you play and you have to take a credibility and acceptance for that space. You know, and once you start to take a credibility and acceptance, we go, yep, you know what? That was my fault. Yeah, I did that. You know, the only thing, you know, this is where my real turning point happened. And I don't get to share this with many people, but here's where my real turning point happened. So, you know, by the grace of God, there go I. So in this space, you know, I got into a very, very nasty, horrible relationship. Very nasty. And this person lied to me 
and they personified themselves as being in the military and they personified themselves as being something that they weren't. And I went on to marry this person, but then I was stuck. I was stuck because I thought that you stick with it because that's what I learned growing up. You right, stick right. with it, right? And you stick with it and you grit it out because that's what you're supposed to do. You know, that's what was in my space growing up. But see, my grandparents never fought. So I never saw that. I just saw a beautiful marriage together where they stuck everything out, right? right. So in that space, I thought that's what you had to do. And then if you get divorced, but my poor mother was divorced three different times. I didn't want to be like my mom. Right. God right. forbid I was like my mom, man. So then in that space, I'm sitting there. And once I started to find out these lies about this person, some really nasty things started happening to me personally. And so, you know, I left that space, but I went back and I left that space a second time, but I went back. Now, the third time that I left, I had enough. My third time was the last time. Because I finally came to the awareness that there was something wrong with me as to why I thought I had to go back to a space that was not safe and toxic. What kind of shame did I hold inside that made me go back? How sick was I inside? I was pretty sick. Obviously, I was pretty sick. So I sat there and once I started to, to dismantle that space with a specialized trauma counselor and PTSD counselor, a trauma counselor that dealt with somebody who had been kind of like in captivity because there's different types of trauma counselors. So I was almost in captivity basically for three years. So it was literally like somebody being captive. Okay. Right. And I was taken away from family, friends, everything. So I really didn't get out much um, in that space. So I, once I got out, I was out, but I, as I say, I marched to the beat of my own drum. I wasn't going to go to a shelter. I wasn't going to do it that way because I was like, nah, I can't do that because I'm coming from a space where I was captive. Right. So in women's shelters in that space, right, you're coming from a space where a woman feels captive, okay, where she feels controlled or a man, let's not play here or a man, okay, and then they go to a shelter, guess what, they're captive again, they get one room that's for them and whatever children they have with them, there are strict rules about this, that and the other, that terrified me, dude. That terrified me. I was like, oh my God, I can't go to a place where I'm captive again. I got to be somewhere where I'm okay, where I'm okay. So I marched to the beat of my own drum and I did it the way that I was told to do it by my team. But once I got out of that space, I had to look at myself and I had to sit here and go, man, what was wrong with me that made me feel like I had to go back there? Well, here's what it was. I had to learn my part. My part was the very first time, yep, I was a victim of some terrible, horrible domestic violence and abuse and manipulation and narcissism and many things, many things. But guess what? The second time I went and the third time I went back, I participated. I participated in that space. So I could no longer blame that person for doing what they did to me the second time or the third time. Because I had to take accountability because I went back. But people have a really hard time getting that raw and that vulnerable with themselves. So when I was able to get that raw and that vulnerable with myself at the age of 30, I realized that a problem. So that's when I started working really deep in that space to go, man, what was wrong? What was broken with me? And through about two, about a year and a half of trauma counseling and then counseling with another counselor, I was able to use the knowledge that I had gained from you know, co-counseling and addictions and my psychology, because we can't fix ourselves. We need somebody else to help us do that because we can't see what's going on with us. Right. So I couldn't fix myself. So I needed some help. So I knew where I went to go. I got some help in that space, but I was able then to work in that psychology space of what I had learned mixed with the cognitive behavioral therapy mixed then in with all of my spiritualism to able to help men, women, children that suffer from abuse, neglect, 
trauma in those spaces and use their spiritual abilities to enlighten them and give them that spark of that belief in themselves again. Because you know what? At the end of the day, that's what saved my life. And that's what I went back to because I knew where to go back to because that's the only place that I knew that was safe. Remember, I had a trust and a belief in spirit that could be not be wavered. You know, my faith and my belief in myself of my connection with my team was something that could not be wavered. And I know I've got people sitting here, well, then, well, if you believe that so much in your team, why don't you just listen to your team? Didn't your team tell you not to do that? Didn't your team tell you not to go back? Mm, probably, probably about six different times. But when you're running <laughs> on self-ego, you're not open to listening. You are blocked. You are cut off. When you run on ego, you're perpetuated on many different types of energies that truly are not there where they allow you to hear that frequency. So when you're running on ego or self-ego, you don't have those channels completely open up. So for those of you asking that question, I went back to running on ego after a spiritual awakening process. And then at the age of 30, it smacked me over the head again. And I said, okay, well, we got some problems and I need to fix those problems. So let's wake back up again. And that was my wake up call to wake me back up again. And that's really right. what transcended that last bit of shadow work because I had already been through a lot of shadow work when I was working with a lot of abandonment spaces and stuff like that. But this was different because I didn't think I could make it on my own. I didn't think that I could sit here and do what I do today on my own. I thought I needed somebody else's help to do it with me. And that's the false, that's the false looking outside of yourself, the piece that I didn't have that I had to be taught. That was the last piece of that lesson and that blessing that I needed to be able to sit where I sit and have the business I have today and help and mentor the people I did. If I wouldn't have been able to go through those sufferings, there would be no way on this shape and form and this earth that I would be able to help the women and the children, the men that I've been able to help because a teacher cannot teach without experience. If you don't have the experience and the raw experience, you shouldn't be teaching it. Right. You know what I mean? And so it only allowed me to open up my vessel to operate in a more abundant way to be able to reach more people with more dis-ease and more trauma that they had endured in their time with their vessels here. And yeah, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, yeah, you're exactly right about just about everything you said, I think. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know why, you know, you know, I've been in some terrible relationships. Why the hell I ever, you know, went back and kept going back? I have no idea, you know. Right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, complete narcissist too, and you know, what the horrible, hell doing, right? Horrible. Yeah, and you, and you, and like you said, you're 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 taught to work it out, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Keep going, and you know, but uh, you know, so like real quick, you know, yeah. uh, I'm gonna keep you here a little bit past an hour. Yeah, that's fine. Mind. No, uh, I don't mind. That's um, fine. Yeah, you know, you know, I guess kind of on the other end of that stuff, uh, like I wanted to get into manifestation, manifestate, manifesting, you know, what you want, and it seems like 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 you're well on your way to doing that. You know, yeah. what are your goals, and and you know, I, I know you love helping people, but what are you trying to manifest for yourself right now? All right, so here we go. So this is something that um, a few people here know, but not not many. So for those of you, I guess, are we good? Okay. All right. So I guess I'm allowed to talk about it a little bit. Um, so my, my goal and my dream and my, my teamwork here, part of my purpose is to build a space that is not only of a healing space, but it is for parents, children, and all those alike that would like to step into the space of learning their abilities, healing their abilities, but it's a physical space. Now, also what I would like to do is build a platform for children to be able to step into their spiritual abilities. See, we have more parents now than ever that have children that are these little light bearers and these little light beings. And so these little guys are so gifted, man. And it's so beautiful to see their connection and them telling these stories of all these beautiful things that are going on and things that they see and feel even in my own personal space. So 
what I want to do is I want to build a safe place for parents and children alike, and even not even parents, but people to be able to learn these abilities, hone into these abilities, and to work with their abilities with their children. Because one of my biggest trauma spaces was being a child that had no voice for somebody that didn't understand me, like everybody else, right? So our voices weren't heard, and we were misunderstood, and I want to stop that. And I want these kids that are out here that are starting on their spiritual journey and having these all these spiritual experiences where it really starts to take off that I've seen about the age of eight years old and keep soaring from that space. And I want to work with these little beings with their parents present in that space and working with the parents abilities, working with the children abilities and getting these children to be taught things in a different way. I want to take things back to the natural roots of our ancestors. I want to teach kids hands-on schooling. I want to teach kids the fundamentals of life. I want to turn school into a hands-on practice mixed with a spiritual experience so these children don't have to suffer the way I did. I never understood math. I never understood English. I still don't to this day. I am the worst speller on the face of this earth. I will tell you that and own it right now. I do not do math, but I do numbers 110% in that space. And there are so many children out there like me and they're suffering in our school systems because they can't be programmed the way that we were because their light is too bright and too much is going on right now and they're getting lost. And these are all the children that are being diagnosed with autism. And I'm not saying that autism is not real, but then they're looked down upon in that space that they can't learn this way and they can't learn that way because they have this distress or dis-ease within their vessel, whether it be paraplegic, whether it be autism, whether it be Down syndrome. Well, guess what? There's other ways we can communicate. We can communicate through telepathy because I have clients that have children that are paraplegic, but they communicate to their children telepathically and their child will tell them visually what they want. I want to be able to teach kids mathematics hand on. I want to be able to teach kids the waxing and the wanings of the moon. I want them to understand why they go through these emotional cycles and that they're not crazy and how to read the stars and astronomy and astrology because that's your folded maps in hand. I want to teach people that these things that they think and they feel and they see are not crazy, but I want to have a safe healing place for all to be able to do that. And that takes time and that takes experience and that takes a lot of people coming together to build something like that, you know? And so this has been a dream of mine that I have been working on since I was about 14 years old, to be honest with you, because at 14 years old, this is when I was shown this force, first essence that there would be something like this in my personal space. But at that point in time, I didn't believe it. I was like, yeah, right, whatever, man. You're messing with me, stop. You just want me to keep going. I know you, pull up your big girl panties as he always tells me, keep marching, you know? You're all right, little pat on the butt, you know? Here's a little Band-Aid, keep a little spit shine, you'll be all right, kiddo. You know, that's how I was raised with this beautiful guide of mine in this space. Um, and so it was like, you know, I, that's the essence, but in that space, I want to be able to help these people understand what's going on, you know, and it takes time and it takes energy and it takes practice and it takes patience and it takes people coming together to build something of that on such a massive scale. But, you know, I've been shown this since I was a really young kid and it's just something that I truly fully believe in. I believe it's something we need. I believe it's something that these children and these parents would no longer slip through the cracks of society. I believe that there's a lot more to the teachings of nature and life and the way that the circle of life works. I want to be able to teach children to be able to use the essences of the herbs and the planets and Mother Gaia to heal their vessels and to heal their families. How beautiful is that when we can take everything back to a natural state and we can teach kids and parents on a school educational level, okay, where they get the teachings that they need, not the teachings that society wants them to have to be in a controlled state and work a nine to five. Let's teach these people how to use their gifts and abilities to help the new world take place and to help the new transcend. 
And that is my ultimate dream. And that is my ultimate goal to build a harmonious healing space for that, but also to have a platform and a space where children can do these things online with their parents as well and come to a physical space and get hands on practicing with me through certain times and, and with people that work with me in that space. Yeah, yeah, man, that's really cool. And I think, uh, man, I think you're really onto something there. And I hope you can, uh, you know, get that, get that going. And I don't see why anybody wouldn't bring their kids to you. Oh, know? <laughs> I you get know? to work with yeah, about. Yeah. I I get to work with about right now. I work with about seven different kids. I've worked with a total of about twenty five, um, in the past four years. Okay. And I work cool. with kids all ages from about eight years old till nineteen. Yeah. Cool. You know, we're coming up at the end of the show here, yeah. but I did want to ask you one more question. Yeah. Uh, when you're not into your spirituality zone, you're not doing all this, what are you doing outside of this? Wow, that's a that's a very good question. So there's a few things that I'm doing. So first and all, I'm playing mom. So I'm mom. Mm -hmm. So I have the privilege and honor of being mom. And it's a beautiful space to come into that in the awareness that I'm in now with these little kids, you know. Um, so I get to play mom. Other than that, I am a football fanatic. OK, so if it's football season, you're going to catch me by the tube watching football. If I'm not doing that, you can guarantee that I'm out in the woods somewhere. If I'm not in the woods somewhere, I'm cooking a meal for my family. I love to cook. You know, the essence of love, you know, when people cook with love, you can taste it. You know what I mean? And you can right. sense it. You can yeah. smell it. Oh, yeah. Right. That good old cooking. I love to cook. Right. So um, usually also, if I am not in my spiritual presence and in my spiritual coat, I'm doing something for myself to take care of myself in that spiritual presence or that spiritual coat. You know, I got to take a beautiful week long break from TikTok and go on a nice little, you know, me vacation. So in those times, those are the alternate things that I'm doing. Um, my life really has come to a space where I'm developing something for my own personal mentorship space um, or I am working and helping other people build their businesses because I mentor women that want to build their spiritual business. And so I help them develop their spiritual business and mentor them in that space. So crafting and creating is something that, you know, I get to bring to the table as well. So other than that, I work on a lot of my macrame and a lot of my jewelry. A lot of my jewelry is straight macrame with raw crystals that I get. Um, I haven't had any flint napped arrowheads. I love the flint nap arrowheads. I've got to get some more uh, black obsidian and some more granite to do that with this summer, but I flint nap my own arrowheads as well. But most everything that I do, no lie, has some type of spiritual tie to it because I know nothing, I know nothing different. It's been my world my entire life. Where like I had all the human experiences come in later. I had all the spiritual experiences come in first. So I was kind of backwards. And I say I've always worked backwards since the day I was born. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, look at me, man. I'm 51 and I've only been in this, you know, uh, almost four years. You're doing it right. First, you know, so, you know, I guess it's never too late. Man. Never. never too late. But, uh. And real quick, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, yeah. Like I said, your your website is in the description. Thank you. So they can find me at daughter underscore of underscore Gaia on TikTok. I am also here on YouTube as well. Um, under that, my business name is Four Corners Healing 37. And you can reach me at gmail.com or fourcornershealing37.com. If you go to the TikTok link in the link tree, you will find me there as well. Um, so thank you for that. I appreciate it yeah and uh like i said if you guys haven't found her on tiktok you need to go find her <laughs> you'll you. you'll love her channel it's it, it's great it's amazing she's got great energy as you can probably mm -hmm. tell already thank and, you Joe. uh yeah yeah all you your fan club like i said is in is, is in the <laughs> chat so thank all you guys you guys thank did you. great you guys did an amazing job so thank you Joe. with that being said man that's the end of the show do you have all anything right. else you want to say anything any kind of nice goodbye always as you know joe because you've been there before i love you guys take care of yourselves take care of each other all right all right thank you till we meet again i love you guys right. okay yeah well hold on real quick all right guys you guys have a great night and thanks a lot again i appreciate it